Cardinals have single-handedly hunted the 49ers out of the playoffs. Like, it's definitely official. The 40, I'm, I'm losing that shot bet. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Thursday podcast, always recorded on a Wednesday. I'm Tony, joined by Daniel. Welcome, Daniel. Hello there. Daniel and I started talking today about about like what's more surprising. We tried to figure out a, a new show. Corey couldn't be here today, and so what we really wanted to do is I wanted to like <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the Titans because if you listen to the last show, Corey had said a certain comment about not talking about the Titans. So I'm going to save that for when Corey's back. So at the last minute, Daniel and I talked, and, and <laughs> what's more surprising is the first thing. I looked through the lineups as I made my picks, and I realized the Eagles are 2-5 and five and the Bengals are 5-2, and two, and I thought, holy shit, I did not see that coming. I mean, I had hoped the Bengals would do well, but I projected them to be last in their division. Are they leading the division 5-2? and two? they got to be second place to the Browns, right? No, the Ravens and Bengals are actually tied for first, and the Bengals had the tiebreaker now from last week. There we go. Never saw that coming. And the Eagles, although I I have publicly said that I yeah, didn't, you've always hated the Eagles. I've always hated the Eagles, but that doesn't mean that didn't. I don't. I don't mean to disrespect them completely. That division is in turmoil, and if Hertz is who we thought he was, which I, we still don't know what, what we still don't know everything about the Eagles. We know they hate him. That's for sure. We know they don't like him, but I didn't expect him to be two and five. I didn't really expect, I expected the Bengals to be two and five. So I'm going to ask you, Daniel, which is more surprising. The Bengals are five and two or the Eagles are two and five. And to me, it's the Bengals being five and two. We talked about, you know, which one is the tougher division between the AFC North and the a- NFC West before the season started. So I kind of expected the Bengals to be, you know, bottom feeders just because they have to play the Browns, Steelers, and Ravens twice. But uh, guess what? They're holding their own. And uh, I-, I expected the Eagles to be bad, maybe not quite this bad, but if they finish with, you know, maybe six wins or so, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, but, yeah, the- it's it's the Bengals to me. They – they have looked great. And Jamar Chase, how stupid does everybody that criticized the Bengals for taking Jamar Chase at five rather than reaching on an interior offensive lineman feel? Because remember the whole discussion early in the year of, you know, the NFL draft of, oh, why didn't they protect Joe Burrow better? And they should have drafted a lineman. I can't believe they're just adding another weapon. But he has completely changed this team. And the only linemen that were available at that spot were exterior linemen, so the tackles, which the Bengals already had. You know, um, you, you, so that's a good discussion there. You're, you're totally right. I we we just touched on it last week, but the truth is, when the Colts drafted Andrew Luck, they also drafted his Stanford tight end, and it wasn't because this tight end was great at football. It was because it was a comfort. It really was a comfort thing that, that this tight end played well. 
God, but, he was bad though. I hated Kobe Flaner. But he was bad, guys. <laughs> this is not that situation. This was an absolute elite talent that played with a quarterback at his highest level of his career. I mean, you know what? Which is more surprising that Jamar Chase is the best best rookie wide receiver in football or you know what I mean? Like we could yeah, you're right. We could have a whole nother conversation just about Jamar Chase and what he's done here. He I, looks amazing. I think it's significant. I think it's real. I don't think this is a flash in a pan. Having said that, this the reason I brought this up is to your point. If the Philadelphia Eagles had drafted Jamar Chase and the Bengals had Devonta Smith, Smith would not be performing as well. And, and Chase would be performing much worse. That's my argument. I think this pairing is important, and, and we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about this pairing for a very, very long time. I think so. I do. Yep. It's great to have such confidence in a young receiver because he has a good young quarterback that looks real. Joe Burrow, I, I love to watch Joe Burrow already, and he, he is the real deal as well. So the, the franchise is going to lock them up for the next 10 years. It's going to be great to watch. Anyway, that's what we're talking about today. What's more surprising? I agree with you, Daniel. The Bengals being 5-2 and two is more surprising. Although I thought the Eagles would win more games, the Bengals are absolutely shocking me right now. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we go into other most surprising conversations? Uh, no. You don't want to talk about um, Mark Ingram? Yeah. It's no? just so mediocre. I know... He's coming home. You know, he got, well, not home home, but he got traded back to the Saints, which he considers one of his homes. But it's just so irrelevant. I okay. mean. So you don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I, okay. We have, hopefully, we'll get a lot more trade relevant. You know, maybe Deshaun Watson gets moved here soon to maybe Philly or Miami or something. I'd, I'd love to talk about that, but yeah. I'll skip on Mark Ingram. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll skip on Mark Ingram. I'm excited. I do think that Mark Ingram can become relevant again in fantasy. I would be buying Mark Ingram. Uh, well, uh, I would have bought him a week ago, uh, but now it's too late. Now his value is probably uh, overinflated. No. But you know what? No, 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 no. Him and Camaro work well together, and 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 Ingram hasn't yeah. been, been washed up. He's not the same guy he was. The Saints offense is way different than what it was. It is though, very true. different. And and I, I do like I like him inside the red zone. I mean, I like him a lot right there. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. But Kamara like right has actually turned into just such a great between the tackles runner that I mean, he is very, very strong. Remember when he was a rookie, you know, he was a good pass catcher and everyone thought, you know, he's a good all around guy, but he really needs to work on his strength. I mean, he breaks more tackles than you know, he's up there with Derrick Henry on broken tackles, it seems like, every year. So, I mean, you never know. Was, I, there, I, I, was I, there a point that Kamara, that that both of them were top 12 fantasy quarterbacks? Was there a time, a year of that? Uh, running backs? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, running backs. Uh, Ingram yeah, and Kamara, yeah. 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 Uh, yes. At one point, I, if my memory serves me right, you are correct. Yeah, they were both running back ones for fantasy. I don't yes. think that's going to happen again. That's not what I'm saying. Nope. Whatever happened. Uh, Ingram nope. could could turn out wide receiver. Top 24 production for the rest of the year. I, I think that's possible. Yeah. 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 I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see him back there. He's going to be used. He's going to be involved. The team loves him. 
he, he's immediately going to be relevant and in a way that most backup, he's clearly a backup running back, but his, he, we know his role there. And, and, and Sean Payton, although a lot has changed, Sean Payton hasn't. We know his role there. He's going to get 10 to 12 touches and maybe a couple passes on top of that if he's lucky that game. I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, I'm excited. I'll, I'll it makes them this. better. Leaders, there's no price tag on leaders. And he is a leader of the locker room wherever he has been. And I know uh, it's not pretty often that you see like a third string running back get traded and then players are voicing their displeasure on Twitter. Did you see what Brandon Cooks tweeted already? He hates it. He's already gone off on Twitter that he got traded away. But Mark Ingram is a very good locker room guy, and the Saints need that right now. So that'll be a good good perk for them. So tabled for next time, what's more surprising than Mark Ingram being traded back to the Saints or the next trade that's about to happen? What will happen any day now because the deadline is in a week. Let's wait. We're going to yeah, table. Yeah, definitely the, la- yeah. the latter of the two. Yeah, probably the latter <laughs> of the two. Let's table it for next week. So what's more yeah. surprising? This is your note here. Tom Brady leads the league in passing attempts and completions and yards and in touchdowns at the age of 44 years old. Is that more surprising than Cooper Cup leading the leagues in targets, catches, and catches? You said that twice, to be fair. You caught me. Catches and catches over 20 yards. Okay, thank you. Long catches, yards, and touchdowns. They both lead in almost every metric of their position. That is insane. Which one's more surprising to you? When you first read that, which one did you have to answer? My initial gut reaction was to say that Cooper Cup leads the league in all receivers. That was my initial gut reaction. But then you think about the age 44 thing. And I threw that in there. I, I put all that in there, and then I added. I was like, yeah, yeah it's all, and he's yeah. freaking 44. I, I had to look up his age to throw that in there. I'm like, yeah, that is insane. Tom Brady in a passing league, is performing. A 44 year old <laughs> is blowing everybody out. I mean, I think this can be a pretty simple one, right? This is going to be short. I think we're on the same page immediately. Cooper Cup is phenomenal. I think he's multiple players or multiple positions in one player. He is dynamic. He's intelligent. That's the biggest thing that we don't talk about enough is that the man is just smart and he's physical at the same time. I mean, he's willing to, to get out and to get hurt, but it seems like a lot of the times he also knows when that hit's going to be too big. He takes some big hits, but he avoids a lot of big hits. I don't want to take anything away from Cooper Cup. I have nothing but great things to say about absolutely everything he's done. I love that I believed in him the whole way. I love that. That makes me feel great. But Tom Brady doing it at 44, I mean, guys, there's no end in sight. I don't know how else to say I did not (laughs) see that coming. I expected if, if we had a pedestrian year out of Tom Brady, the Buccaneers could still win the Super Bowl. We did last year. We're having a fantastic year out of Tom Brady. And, I mean, the man might play till he's 50. Is that stupid? I don't think it's stupid at this point to say that that's a, like, I, I could see six more years of Tom Brady expecting a decline starting now. Like, I think that's very realistic to say. I don't know how long we're going to get Tom Brady, but this is amazing. It's great. And I think that's the most surprising thing to me is, when I finally began to doubt him, he's better than ever. I had him pretty high in my in my mind rankings, uh, Tom Brady, that is. 
and I actually stepped up and drafted him pretty high in a lot of uh, fantasy leagues. So I'm actually going to go with Cooper Cup being more surprising because I, I it's not that I could say that obviously I expected this from Tom Brady because, I mean, I honestly just thought he would hold his own with touchdowns, but I didn't know that he would lead the league in, you know, almost everything, especially yards. With Pat Mahomes, you know, it's it's hard to lead in almost every category. But Cooper Cup, just think of all the young guys, especially the guys that flashed last year. We're talking about Jamar Chase. And then guys like Justin Jefferson and, you know, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, all those guys, but Cooper Cup, you know, this this guy that was kind of almost forgotten about, had an injury, ACL, took him out a year, uh, change at quarterback, which I think everyone agrees that it was a better change, but, you know, the the chemistry, we didn't expect to be on this level this quick. Uh, but the fact that he leads the league in targets, he has double-digit targets every single week, by the way. Catches, which Stephon Diggs led the league in catches last year, and he's not even in the top 10. And then long ball catches, which I thought Jamar Chase would actually have. He doesn't. Yards and touchdowns. I think, actually, Cooper Cup is the more surprising of the two because I expected so much greatness out of Tom Brady. Uh, it's a Bruce Arians offense. It's the second year, which is, you know, it, according to everyone that's ever been around that organization, the learn of Bruce Arians offense, even for Tom Brady. So you could see they kind of got better as they went last year, but I, I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Tom Brady not saying I expected it at all, but Cooper cup is just shocking me right now. He just, every single week he does it. And Matt Stafford is just, is peppering him. And for good reason, he is amazing. No doubt. No doubt. Amazing. He is amazing. Transition. Bad transition. Derrick Henry is amazing. Did you see what I did there? Yes, I liked it. Derrick Henry is amazing. He <laughs> leads. This He's now, he is headed into his third straight 2,000-yard season. Is that right? Gosh, that can't be right. Is I, it right? What was, last year was 2,000 yards. Last year was two. I am curious to see the year before we'd have to look that up real quick. Okay. Well, I, I know for sure that he's led the league the previous two years. So you look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. And that's he's, fine. and he's, I, he's scheduled to, to lead the league again. I mean, I don't think any player in NFL history has ever led the league in rushing yards, three straight seasons. Is that correct? I don't know that. Well, did you, did you read that? I, I don't know. I'm going to look right now. Three. Okay. How do I look this up? Somebody help me out here. Um, NFL three time. Okay. Rushing. In 2019, he had 1,540 yards. Okay. So, so I was way off already. It, well, no. He might have had a little bit of receiving, but, you know, even two straight. I mean, no one's ever done two straight years of 2000. Not even close. Okay. 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 There we go. But, there we go. But Here we he are. is definitely, we're seven weeks in, and he's almost at 900. Let's get to the point. Derrick Henry. Can we have one more game this year? Derrick Henry's no spring chicken, right? The average lifespan no. of the NFL running back is three years, right? Here he is yes. in his, what, fifth, sixth year? Uh, yes. Sixth year. Sixth year. And he's performing at, in a passing league on a, on a team that can pass the ball very, very well. He is performing at all-time great highs. I, I didn't like Derrick Henry. I didn't believe in Derrick Henry. 
I didn't believe in it because it took so long and he was so old and oh, it's just a flash in the pan. Yeah, it took him three years to hit a thousand because they didn't give him the ball. Derrick Henry is here. Is it is it more surprising that he leads the next highest rusher by almost three hundred yards? Or is it more surprising that Trayvon Diggs has one interception in every game that he's played this year? By the way, I looked this up. Uh, that's an NFL record. I think it was six in five games or five in six games. I've closed the tab, but he is an NFL record holder. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's Derrick Henry. I mean, he is, proving, he is proving that he's basically like a Hall of Famer at this point. I mean, you said it yourself. Running backs don't last very long. And he is already in his fourth straight season of double-digit touchdowns. He has 10 touchdowns, so we're not even talking about the yards. I mean, at this point, he is just dominating on the yards. But the touchdowns, that's what people get paid on. He had 16 in 2019, 17 in 2020. He's already got 10 this year. So, I mean, he's going to go for, you know, over 2,000 yards, I bet, and, you know, 20 touchdowns. That is Absolutely insane. He already has as many catches as he did last year and the year before, by the way, too. So the Titans are getting him involved any way they can, which finally. But he, he's just racking up the yards, and, I mean, he's unstoppable, and he hardly ever gets hurt. I'm knocking on wood right now. But he is he is proving that he, he could go down as one of the all-time greats at running back. I mean, he, if he, he looks like an all-time great. Three he, four more, can he win yeah. the MVP? Is it, I mean, what does it take? What does it take? It, unfortunately, it will take for him to. He's going to have to get like 20 because unfortunately the odds are stacked against him. I hate to say it. I mean, even if you look. So we're talking about how great he is and how amazing he's done in the odds in Vegas for him to win the MVP. He's like seventh place behind all the quarterbacks. It's really sad. What's 10 bucks pay? Um, I mean, I mean, probably around, I don't know, 1500, 1600 bucks. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, 160, 150 bucks. Jeez. I thought you said 100. You had me for all a worked up for a second. Yeah, I, was no, thinking, no, no, I was no, thinking yeah, $10 I would, dollars would make too. me rich. No, sorry. Shit. For some reason, I was thinking you said 100. But uh, he's going to have to rush for like 2,500 yards to win MVP. As sad as it is to say, he's going to have to set the record and more. He's going to have to shatter the record. So, like I said, the odds are stacked against him. I don't know if MVP is in the cards. It should be, but may not be. I've got one for you, Tony. I'm ready. We were talking uh, preseason. At least I was sitting here looking at my rankings preseason. And I was a big believer in the Dolphins. Uh, Tua came back. The Dolphins are one in six right now. No, like major injuries, you know, to any real position. I mean, their defense is. I mean, no role changes last year, and their defense was getting better. Uh, or, so the Dolphins are one in six. Or the Raiders lead the Chiefs and Chargers division, which is the AFC West, at five and two. Even after their coach was had their head coach was fired, which one of those is more surprising to you? To me, it's the Dolphins being one and six with no injuries by a long shot. I mean, was two injured for a short period? Yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. it matters though. I don't think it matters whether he was there. He or was. Not. Yeah, I, but I, he was always playing. I mean, it wasn't. I, yeah. The the 
The Dolphins are a team that, like, last week I believed that they were good enough that they won the division against the Bills, and y'all had to check me on that. Like, the Dolphins are, the Dolphins are a, a really well-rounded football team, we thought. I, I expected them to compete. I expected them to fight with the Bills for the title. Like, I really thought they'd be there with the Bills again. Uh, it, it's clearly not the case. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on in Miami. Maybe it's Tua. Maybe it's more... I don't know how a franchise can have such a losing record for so time for so long. And I don't mean that. I'm not meaning that as a jab. I mean, there was a time that Miami was a dominant team. And for some reason, it, it's just not working. Like Everything that they do, they, they just get right to the finish line and they can never, ever cross it. And I don't know what's happening in Miami. But I am absolutely shocked. I thought they'd be winning football games. I thought Tua would take a step forward, and he hasn't. I mean, he's taken a step backwards, if anything. I don't know, I don't know what Miami's going to do, but this is not what we thought it was. The Raiders, by the way, uh, that is surprising for the Raiders to beat the Chiefs and the Chargers. Is it that surprising for the Raiders to beat the Chargers? I don't think it's that surprising. Is it that surprising for the Raiders to beat the Chiefs? Yes, that's alarming, but you have to consider that the Chiefs are also performing poorly all things considered. Uh, I guess that's relative, but the Chiefs are losing enough games to put themselves out of the conversation. So, yes, that is, that is very surprising, but I think it's more surprising that the Dolphins are seemingly one of the worst teams in football. That's what I think. You think do you think it's more surprising that the Dolphins are 1-6 or the Chiefs are 3-4? and four? It's more surprising that the Chiefs are three and four. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but also different question. Same. Different question. Yeah, different. Totally different question. But I agree with both of the ones that you said because if you're comparing the Raiders and Dolphins, I the Dolphins, man, I I don't know what's going on. Like you just said, I'm not going to repeat everything you just said, but it could be the cons. I don't know. It could be ownership. I have no idea. I. I just don't think two is the answer. He's just not the answer. He makes a lot of what seem like rookie mistakes still. Um, and in today's day and age, you don't get, you know, three years to, to prove yourself at quarterback. I mean, you, you saw the Cardinals. They drafted Josh Rosen top 10 pick. And the next year they booted him to the, to the curb. I mean, you don't get a whole lot of, you know, wait and see if they come around, you know, Josh Allen, two and a half years of development type type deals anymore. It's it, you've got to perform or you're out. And I think that's why there's so many trade rumors circulating with Deshaun Watson going to Miami is because Tua is not playing great at all. Tua, the best way to squash these rumors, Tua doesn't like the rumors, play better. I mean, you're talking about losing these games at the last second. You know, that may be on the defense, but they shouldn't even be in that position. They're playing some bad teams. I mean, back-to-back weeks, they've lost to the Jaguars and the Falcons. I mean, are you kidding me? Tua should definitely be playing better against those defenses. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's, why, that's why I say it was most surprising to me. To the Jaguars, come on. To... <laughs> The Falcons right now, the Falcons are in shambles right now. I mean, you got to win at least one of those games. But to lose them both, it's embarrassing. And, and, and yeah, I was, and I'm was i embarrassed rookie. is what I'm trying to say. 
for defending the Dolphins because honestly, I thought they were a playoff team last year and I was horribly mistaken and clearly they are not a playoff team this year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get their coach fired. We, we thought that the Dolphins were the next best thing and then here they are and their coach is yeah, no going to be on the hot seat here soon. Yeah, for real. Jesus. Um, so let's say, let's say Tua and Watson are traded, swapped, if you will. Yeah, and Watson is now a Miami Dolphin. What do you would you bet that the Dolphins would be over five hundred? I would. Is bet that too that. desperate? Yes. Am I too desperate? Nope. Let's just keep rolling. Best bets of the week. Best bets of the week. <laughs> um, Corey is absent this week. He's phoned his picks in. Daniel has his over unders. Corey has his money lines. Corey's record is 12, 15, and 1. Daniel had a big week last week and is now three games ahead at 15 to 13. What's, what's a tie? Wait a minute. Corey has a tie. Oh, no, no, no. I see. I see. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Leave the betting to them. I don't do the betting because, the you know, the numbers. I just got confused. Anyway, point is Bucks minus 5.5 versus the Saints. That's Corey's pick. Money, line Bex, money lines are first. Bucks minus five and a half versus the Saints. All I can think here is Corey sees what we just talked about, Tom Brady. The man is absolutely dominant. The Saints are a formidable opponent, but they are going to lose by a touchdown to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't know what else he would say about that. I actually kind of agree with, I I mean, I love the pick. Yeah, I do too. I mean, if you watch the Monday night game, both of those teams, both of them deserve to get a loss on their record. I mean, that was just an awful game. And if it wasn't for Alvin Kamara, the Saints wouldn't have even been in that game. And the Bucks have Devin White, who can shut down a receiving back. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that pick. Honestly, sure. with this pick, Corey does not advise this, but I would look at, like, Bucks minus 9.5, minus 10.5. Like, I would, I would yeah. even tease that down farther and, and, and see if you can make some, some good odds there. It's, it's a division game, so you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I, I, the Saints just looked awful. And they're going to force Sheamus to make some mistakes for sure. Corey doesn't love going after big spreads, and he did it twice last week. And he's going to do it once this week. He got burned on both. He got oh, burned on both of them? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's going for 0 for 3. That's right. Um, he's going to go ahead and do it again. Rams minus 14.5 versus Houston. Matt Stafford's on fire. Cooper Cup's one of the best wide receivers in football. Robert Woods is a deep threat. The defense is incredible. Houston's in shambles. It's the same story I just said. And 14 and a half is a big spread. But like Corey said last week, it can be a blowout and still be within 14 and a half. A field goal versus 24 points or 30 points. You know what I mean? There's a way there where it can be a dominant win and they cover. Scary to me, but he picked Rams minus 14 and a half. It's a lot of points, but Houston looks pretty bad. So Houston I can see bad. it. Corey and I actually have the same game in one of our picks here. Um, it's the Panthers Falcons. And I, the, the Panthers are not playing good football. They've lost every single game since they lost McCaffrey. They are just lost without him. Well, he's not coming back this week. And the Falcons... They they just look okay. 
Um, they beat Miami last week, which was a great win. But the Panthers look like a train wreck, um, specifically on offense. I mean, it's got to be bad when your starting quarterback gets benched. And it was a semi-close game. I mean, that is bad. So Sam Darnold has just been playing bad football. And the Falcons have not been very impressive. Um, so the over-under this week on that game is 46, and I don't like it. I am taking the under, and it's actually my only under of the week. I think I had three unders last week, um, but I'm taking one under this week, and it's the Panthers-Falcons. I just don't like that 46 line. I think that both both offenses have struggled enough this year to where I can see both. Um, and, and the Panthers, the Panthers have a good defense. So that is why I'm not as confident in the Falcons um, is because the Panthers have some solid corners, solid linebackers, solid pass rush, and the Falcons have always had the same issue um, with their offense's offensive line. So I, I, I think this is this is kind of the recipe for a, a, a low-scoring game here. So yeah. I actually agree with Corey's pick as well. Yeah, Corey had picked Panthers plus three versus the Falcons, and I think that he's expecting a low-scoring game between two teams who are not exactly functional and take the team that's going to get points, right? Yep. I mean, just it's that easy. He'd probably say the Panthers are a better team and they're getting points, so I, I always take the better team getting points. Eagles are minus three and a half versus the Lions, and although I think it's a similar conversation, I think it's more valid. The Eagles just got punched in the face against the Raiders, and now here they are against the lowly Lions, who are clearly upset with Goff, and why would they not want the pick of the litter? And I'm not saying the Lions are tanking, but the Lions aren't a great team fighting for a shot in the playoffs. So why not go ahead and lose to the Eagles in a close game by less than a touchdown? Eagles minus three and a half. Yeah, I, this is the one I don't like out of Corey's picks. I think the Lions could finally... I, he, he keeps saying that the Lions are the best defeated team in football. I mean, every week it's the best 0-5, best 0-6 team in football. But the Eagles, they're not that impressive. I mean, we'll see. But he's picking the Eagles to win by more than a field goal. Uh, we'll see. I hope the Lions actually pulled out this week because I'm kind of rooting for him now. You <laughs> know, Dan I, Campbell and I'm rooting the whole for him team. too. In the Pick'em League, <laughs> I in the Pick'em League every single week for like I think it's like seven or eight years now. I have picked the Colts to win in my Pick'em League every single week. I will never bet against them. I always bet them for one point. Okay, like I acknowledge it's a homer bet. This week, I put the Colts at two points against the Titans, and I put the Lions at one point because I am rooting for the Lions. I am really rooting for them. <laughs> well, um, a game that I'm really rooting for, um, I'll say that, is going to be the 49ers-Bears. Uh, the over-under on this game is the lowest of the week, and it's 39 and a half. Uh, the Bears... Offense has kind of been a little spotty um, here and there. Justin Fields has not looked great. Uh, the 49ers defense is also spotty, but mostly okay. Um, but the Bears are going to be without Khalil Mack, it sounds like, this week. And the 49ers, they don't have Trey Lance again. Uh, they're going to be starting Jimmy Garoppolo. And Debo Samuel looks solid. Elijah Mitchell looks solid. 
I think it would be very easy to get 39 and a half points. I mean, that is a super, super low over under um, that just the odds say that it's going to hit the over. So I'm going to take the over on 39 and a half 49ers bears. Uh, the Patriots chargers. This is another game that I actually like uh, the Patriots are fresh off of a 54 point outing. I know it was against the jets, but that's got to give any team confidence. And then the chargers, uh, they had to buy this past week, so they've got you know an extra week to prepare. And this before that Baltimore game two weeks ago, this was one of the best offenses in the league. Um, so you're talking about going up against a defense that the Texans uh, put up a good amount of points on uh, a couple weeks ago. I think that this game is going to be actually a pretty good game. I expect the Chargers to put up points, and then I expect the Patriots to kind of halfway keep up. So 48 and a half, I don't think would be a problem to uh, to hit in this one. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, and then my last game here, it's a primetime game, Sunday night, Cowboys at Vikings. I love this game. The over-under is 55. It's one of the highest of the week. I think it might be the highest of the week. But these are two offenses that can put up points. The Cowboys are on fire they also had a bye last week, but hey, mention the Patriots. The Cowboys were the last team to play the Patriots two weeks ago before the bye, and the Cowboys put up, oh, I can't remember, but it was over 30 points, and that was in Foxborough. Okay, so the Cowboys can put up points. The Vikings can definitely put up points. They've got a lot of star power on offense with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Um, and the Cowboys defense gave up almost 30 points to the Patriots. So I feel like this is just a classic two great offenses versus two playmaking defenses, but not two shutdown defenses. Yeah, no, so I feel like this is the game. I yeah. think this could be the one of the most fun games of the week. Like I really, oh God, yeah, uh, like this could be an absolute blast. Is that the, that's I a really, night game. That's, really a, eight, that's so. a night game. Yeah, that could be a blast. I'm excited yeah, about that. I, I really hope that our Sunday caps off with the game that this should be. I'll say that. This should be a very good game. Yeah, should so be I'm a taking game. the over. I love that pick. Love that pick. Have we missed anything? Uh, nope. We didn't miss anything at all. I don't think so. I think we were incredibly thorough this week. We didn't miss a what's more surprising about the Browns or the Colts. Oh, yeah. I added that in for Corey because I didn't know that he'd be gone, and I wanted to add this in to rub it in your face, too. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three. What was it? What's more, what's more surprising to you? The Browns have two top 15 running backs or <laughs> the Colts have a top five running back and then the next highest ranked running back is 53 in the